Hello and welcome to another episode of Base News Network. I am Punk Revolution Now, aka Kayo, here with Jonah Varka, aka Sophie, and we have a very special guest on for this episode. Say hello, Jane Ree Mover. Hello. Hi. Yay. Yay. Hi. So for those who are listening, Jane Remover is a very epic musician. Um, if you haven't listened to Census Designated yet, you should definitely go check it out because it's awesome. Shoegaze, emo, post-rock, alternative rock, whatever you want to call it. It's an epic album. And Jane Remover also has um, really some other stuff that is quite epic. Frailty came out in 2021. Um, Teen Week, other releases that are pretty epic. So, yes, thank you. Thank you, Jane Remover, for for coming on to Based News Network. Yes, thank you. Totally. Thank you for having me. Did I miss anything? Uh, Any other? I guess, actually, that's actually a question I had written down. And maybe it's a hard question because, like, you know, obviously I've listened to your discography, but how would you describe your music as an artist, Jane Remover? Hmm. <laughs> um, that's a good question. But I I don't know. I think I just, like, make whatever I want, you know? I think, like, if... I think I try to, like, make one album, like, one genre. So, like, the first album, Frailty, was, like, a pop album, and then Sense is designated as a rock album. And I don't know what I'm going to do next yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I just want to, like... I think, uh, I don't know, I'd say my music is just, like, all over the place. Yeah, no, it definitely it definitely is all over the place, and I mean that in a, in a, in a nice way. And, you know, I think it's kind of funny how you describe Frailty as a pop album and Census Designated as a rock album, and that's, like, absolutely true. But, you know, I feel like for the listeners who haven't listened to them yet, they're really... Yes, yes, it's a pop album. Yes, it's a rock album. But they are, they have a lot of very, it's a very, very unique pop album and a very, very unique rock album with a lot of different cool influences coming in through it. When I reviewed your album, Jane Remover, it was like kind of hard to summarize you. But like, you know, I'm kind of curious, like, would you say that like your desire to take the music you make in these different directions is that something that's like coming from like basically a place of like you are just so creatively inspired and just love music so much that you just want to be able to like make music that touches on all these different sort of like genres or yeah, like what's totally. kind of like your motivation? Um, I think like um, I agree. Like I think it's kind of hard to label like such a broad umbrella term like pop or rock. Like I think if I had to like you if i had to like describe them with one umbrella word like it would would be it would be pop and rock but like you know obviously frailty has like elements of you know video game music and like edm and like there's bit crushed guitars everywhere and like census designated has like a ton of noise and like harsh noise and like glitches and um and i think like you know, you could like the the vocals on Frailty are more like robotic and more like um not not like a Vocaloid kind of robotic, but it's like you know it's it's more like it's very digital, whereas like the vocals mm-hmm. on the new album are more like you know emotive and expressive. You know, I, I it's 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 very interesting because they are very different, but I, I still feel like they are kind of cohesive. Um, I think just because of like the emo, they both have like emo kind of elements kind of gluing them together in a way but they, they they obviously have like hugely different stylistic choices um frailty and census designated so now that you've released census designated because i know you've like i'm guessing you've been working on census designated for a while i guess like how, how long have you been working on census designated would you say i started it around february of last year and i finished it in july of this year so it's, it's been like around a year and a half. Nice. So how has how have you how are you feeling now that after you've you know put so much time and effort and love into putting census designated to get together now that it's out into the world? 
How are you feeling about that? Is it like anxiety inducing, fun? Kind of what's your what's your take on it? Um, it's it's really relieving because I don't have to worry about like, you know, I don't have to be in the production process anymore. Like I think now that I can say it's like done and it's out and like, you know, that that whole like process is over, I can like relax for a little bit. And I I've like um what's it called? I've I've been like seeing all the, the like overwhelmingly positive reception of this album and it it um it's definitely a lot because I think it's like something that I, I have to continue like, you know, just reception as a whole is something I have to get used to. But um like the overwhelming like positive support is something that's like never happened to me on this scale and it's like something that is really I didn't think it would like reach this many people so it's very um rewarding to me yeah no that's that's definitely great um I mean I'm I'm the same way too with um whenever I release anything like any sort of comments feedback even positive you know positive reviews I get so anxious. I just can't stand it. Like the, the releasing something to the world and having people comment it and, on it and stuff like that, like that drives me nuts. Cause even if it just for me, you know, if someone says something nice about it, like I'm like, my brain is just anxious and like reading it in, in like the most critical way possible, even though, you know, it might generally be a good, good, um, a good review or something. But I, th- I think, you know, I, I wasn't expecting you to say relieved, but I think it makes sense now that you say it, like, especially if it's just been like, were you like, were you anxious, like before the release date about like what people were going to say? Oh, yeah, I was I was like, having the, the release date jitters kind of. Um, this this happens every time I drop something. It's like, I'll have like a really bad week before dropping the album. And then like, once it comes out, it's like exhaling really like really long and um like i i don't really read like comment boxes that much i kind of only all the reception i see is like you know if if someone dms me or if like i read articles and stuff or like you know or if i watch videos like um of people reviewing it but i don't really read comment sections much because I know they can kind of get a little like turf worry and mm-hmm. I'd rather like not have people argue yeah I feel like the comment boxes especially like on rate your music where people who like are um really weird about music where they like they they like I don't know like think of music as almost like a like an identity thing where people like fight about music and like get nasty and snarky like and obviously people who are like leaving short comments aren't like putting their like all their heart and soul into like thinking critically about music it's usually like a snappy comment so definitely agree with you on that to avoid that um you know i'm sure the i'm sure the comment boxes on rate your music for you too are also full of love and positive feedback too but um, yeah i i i know that i have like a a, like what's it called i know that i have like quite a few fans on rate your music i i really don't go on that website that much <laughs> and i i haven't read like the comment box and i'm kind of scared too <laughs> so i i but it's overwhelming it not overwhelming it, uh, it's overall like um it's overall just like best that i don't touch make music rating websites yes i I think I, I was told that the album has a lot of comments, but I, I haven't like sat and looked at them and I don't really plan on it. <laughs> but you're, yeah. you're right about like how a lot of them are just like um, one sentence, like little thoughts rather than comments, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. And you could drive yourself crazy too. Like if, you, you can read a comment where someone's like, oh, I really didn't like how this thing sounded. And then you'll read someone say, oh, I actually really like, loved how this thing sounded. And like, you could just like drive yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not constructive criticism. It's just it's just criticism that you're just going to spin in circles and it, you're not going to be able to use that criticism um, 
effectively into like make your next release or something like that because it's literally just like kids on the internet know, like, like being snarky. can you find <laughs> yeah. can you even find constructive criticism on the internet like i don't know <laughs> i feel like i think there's like a, a diamond in the rough yeah type thing that's fair yeah i think it's probably just i i what i've what i usually stick to um is just like friends you know, like, or friends who are musicians who who know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Jane, now that you've released this record, um, are you planning on doing, like, a decent amount of, like, live shows? Oh, for sure. I I think, like, the, the tour, I think, has, like, maybe 12-ish shows. I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, I have to double check. But, like, I really want to do shows that are like more than just the tour um when i went on tour last year it kind of just made me realize that i i love being on the road and i like performing and i don't like sitting around at home that much um so being on tour is an, is an excuse for me to like get out of the house and like um you know i also just i also just love the idea of it what is it like to be on tour like I know that's a very broad question, but um, you're you're 20 years old, right? Yeah, I turned 20 about a month ago. Oh my goodness, that's crazy! Like, what is it like to like be so young and to like have already toured and like going on another tour? And what is that like? Like, like as like a young, like someone in their early 20s, like, do you feel like that's gonna affect you a lot as far as like? The experiences you've had and what you're going to have um touring is definitely a little taxing i remember like when i went on tour last year i went like i like overexerted myself at one of the shows and i got a little sick afterwards and um like for the rest of the tour i was like recovering from that sickness and it was definitely like physically taxing like um, you know, just being on stage for like multiple nights in a row, but um, I really enjoyed it. I remember coming back home like super exhausted, but I felt really good. <laughs> um, but I think being—I'm not really sure how um, like being on tour at a young age is like going to affect me yet, because I think that's like mm -hmm. something that the future has like. I think that's like something I can only find out as I like keep playing shows. That's very fair. <laughs> I guess I'm just jealous. And maybe I don't know about the touring thing, but like the idea of traveling, I can definitely see how like taxing that would be though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was really nice uh, driving across the country and like seeing all these random little towns that we had to stop um, in between. Like yeah. that was my favorite part. <laughs> But um, I, I'd like um, a lot of the like cities that I played in were like my first time ever being in the city, like Atlanta, or like mm. most cities that are like west of Pittsburgh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I totally I I like just being in the city for the for the day, and then like being in another city the next day, and. Like, I don't know, it's probably, it's probably, um, unethical to travel all the time because <laughs> of, like, car emissions or whatever. But, um, like, I don't know, I, I really, I really enjoy it. I never really, like, want it to end. So for this upcoming tour, like, what is the, um, like, the, the crew going to be like? Is it going to be, like, I guess both in terms of, like, on stage when you're playing given that this is now a bit of more of like a, a rock release with like more guitar focus i don't know if you're gonna have like a guitarist on stage with you and likewise just like um like who else is coming along on the tour um i found it really hard to play the guitar and sing at the same time but i can try to bring it with me i think if not, then we're just going to have someone else play the guitar. Um, we're going to have a drummer. Um, I might, I might bring the bass with me. Like I might play the bass. I might not. 
um, just because I'm, I'm still learning the bass. And I, I really, I had this idea in my head about like bringing a, like a, a granular synth or like a, like something that I can make a lot of glitchy noises out of, um, just to kind of emulate what's on the album a little bit without having like a backing track of some sort. Mm. That's dope. Um, so it sounds like it's kind of be a little bit still of like, kind of just like figuring it out as you kind of go along, um, which is understandable given that I think these, these songs sound kind of hard to play live. Like, obviously you're going to need like some, like, it's definitely like a mix of like, I mean, I think it's really dope that you're going to have like live drums. I feel like that's going to be like a huge part of like bringing the songs to life. But like listening to this, like, the you know, census designated and I guess frailty as well. just thinking like, these songs sound like really hard to play live. <laughs> For sure. Um, like, I think, because a lot of Frailty was, or all of Frailty, I think, was recorded on an acoustic guitar. And then when I played it live, I had an electric guitar. So it was a little bit different trying to translate them to, um, to the live version. But I think, I know some of the songs are pretty easy to play. I know a lot of the songs on Frailty, like, all the drums on there are, like, super just um unplayable because it's like you need like three drum kits to play it but um i i think i think the songs on census are like totally able to play live i feel like the songs actually even though they sound hard to play live i will say like i feel like their songs given that they're like post-rock shoegaze like i feel like there's songs that will sound like really good live because they're like so massive and like hopefully when you're like playing live you can like get that massive sound because i think that's like a huge like part of the appeal i'm definitely going to be are do you know if you're going to be coming into um like brooklyn or new york oh yeah we're doing a new york show for sure Ooh. all right well i'll be there for sure very Hell excited yeah. about that do you have any like specific spots that like you're especially excited to like play? Maybe some cities or anything you haven't been to yet. Um, let me let me pull up the dates real quick. It's so yeah, it's okay if you don't know it's off the top of your head. Twelve, you know, it's like twelve shows. So, I I've never played in Portland, or um, let me see. Yeah, no, I haven't played in Portland or San Francisco. There's also a, a Santa Ana tour date, and I've, I've never even been to Santa Ana. I've, I've been to the other two cities. I just, I didn't perform because I was, like, not equipped to. Well, that sounds pretty, pretty dope. I, um, I also have not been to a lot of those places. So, yes, like, Sophie, I am, I am, in fact, feeling a little bit jealous, even though I know touring is exhausting. But I will definitely grab grab some tickets for the Brooklyn show. So that will be very, very dope. So with census designated, how do you like feel about, you know, cause you know, I, I listened to census designated. I think it's, it, to be honest, it's my favorite release of yours. Um, it just like really aligns with like my favorite, um, like genres. And I think it's just really awesome. Um, but when you listen to like, I know you've also like, earlier in your discography have released a lot more stuff focused on like electric dance music and music that's a little bit more like focused on like just straight up electronic fun you know what i mean like less emo more fun how do you feel about when you like look back at those like earlier releases those releases that i mean i know you also are continuing to release stuff like that on like you have various like side projects and stuff but like when you when you like listen to like your earlier stuff do you feel like maybe do you still have like a, a emotional connection to them do you feel like you'd rather kind of distance yourself from them just because those are like kind of like a like a different era of your life like how do you reflect on like earlier jane remover output um i think i i look back on it like i i have a little soft spot for it just because i was like i was a lot younger and I was just starting out and like, even, even then I like, I was still trying to learn how to like 
how my music was received and stuff. But I also try to distance myself from it because it's like a very, it's a very unserious, like period. A lot of the music, like, I guess like with my, my, my EP, my EP teen week, I guess it's like, you know, that's, I try to step away from that as much as I can. Cause it's like, you know, it's really whiny and, and unserious, but like, I know a lot of people resonate with it. And I, that's why I have a soft spot with it. Cause you know, I, I've had people come up to me and say like, oh, this, this like, you know, this really helped me when I was, when I was feeling depressed and I, I forget that like I have an audience sometimes and I have to remember like how, how they feel. Mm -hmm. But, um, at the end of the day, it is my music and I have like grown up since then, like I'm grown now, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't really hold it against people who like, you know, listen to the music I made when I was 16 and have like an emotional connection with it, you know? What you're saying here kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know if you saw like how Doja Cat was talking about her older music. Do you remember that? Oh um, yeah. That was like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like she was basically saying like, if you like my old music, you're stupid. Cause it was like a cash <laughs> grab or it's like bad or something like I feel like that's kind of yeah. So it's common, it's common. I, I Sophie, I remember when the Doja Cat thing happened. We we actually talked about it on this podcast, and one thing I said was that I I know for sure, and I'm like I'm not going to say any names, but I've definitely have seen like very talented artists. You know, it's one thing to like you know want to pivot and move to different places with your music, but I've actually have seen artists go as far as to like basically do a Doja Cat set and just like trash their earlier music which you know um i understand like i said i understand if you want to move you know in a different direction but like kind of what jane remover is saying like lots of people maybe maybe as an artist you don't love that part like that older stuff as much as you love the newer stuff but like if it if it's like connecting with people and like making them feel better and like enjoy life more than like all things considered like it's kind of a it's kind of like a good thing that there's no reason to like you know, feel ashamed of or like trash, you know? Yeah. Um, but I will say at the end of the day though, I, I will say I really loved, um, you know, like I said, I'm just going to reiterate census designated for sure. is my favorite. I, I think it's very interesting. Like just given that kind of you're doing what you're doing, where you're saying like each release, each album is going to be like a different genre. You know, I feel like that's been working in your advantage just because I feel like it's creating like a wide net of like fans who have different taste and different like, you know, favorite releases you're doing. Yeah, I've, I've started to notice that and it's like, finally it's working, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I've been like, kind of scared that I've, like, I don't think that I've been labeled as a one trick pony, but it's just, a, it's just a fear of mine and I try to steer away from it. Um, and like, I think every time I release something, it's like, I, I don't, realize until a month later like okay this is how people are going to perceive your art for for two years like like when frailty came out i didn't i didn't really notice that until like two months in or like at the turn of the year i was like okay so like these 13 songs are like what people are gonna know as like jane remover mm -hmm. for the next two years and i think i think that's what inspired me to make a little shift because i know like I know that getting boxed in uh, algorithmically at least and like with a lot of like internet buzzwords is like, that's not really trying, like that's not really something I'm trying to do. And it's not that I don't want to like disown like internet scenes or whatever, or like say that like I didn't rely on them at a certain point, but it's like, I don't know when it comes to, when it comes to coverage and like, when it comes to putting yourself out there, there's only like such a big audience you can reach, you know? And I don't know, I want to try to reach as many people as I can, but obviously I don't want to alienate anyone or patronize anyone. Yeah, that's such a good point about like, it's like you kind of, it's you don't have control over how the internet like, views views you sees you boxes you in and like even though it's kind of a bad way to like consume art it's just like it's just the tendency of like people making that connection of like oh jane remover frailty that's that's jane remover you know and just 
like put like putting you into that so like did you feel like once you released frailty was there like you know a drive in you like okay now i want to just like get rolling on the next release because i want to be able to like control more of like the narrative of like who i am as an artist or what like i guess like what was like kind of the the like what when did you kind of like get that drive to pivot into like writing census designated I think um, I was, I think I I thought about Census Designated, like, as I was finishing up Frailty, because I, I try to plan ahead with my music, and I, I have, I just have a lot of ideas just brewing in my brain. Um, I think releasing music always motivates me to make more, but... Yeah. Um, I think I kind of just, I kind of just, like... I started making census designated like a few months. I started writing for it at least when a little after frailty came out, like maybe four months. But um, there were definitely like a few demos that I recorded between like releasing frailty and writing for census that were like this little in between, kind of like the like the the beta versions of census designated. And I, I've yet to do that with you know like. Uh, LP2 and LP3 um, but see that I love that this is how I know you grew up on the internet not only because yeah. of like a lot of the music we released but because you called instead of calling them demos you called them a beta version that is how <laughs> I know you, that's, that's how I know you grew up playing video games <laughs> oh my god so I guess that but I mean that definitely leads to like my next question which is have you already started like maybe brainstorming or brewing ideas of like, what do I want to go do next with my music? Absolutely. But I haven't decided like whether or not it's going to be like an album or an EP. I just have like an idea, like a, a concept. And then I have like a few song ideas that I have like written down in my little notebook, but, um, Aside from that, like, I think it's probably going to take me a little bit more time to, like, mm -hmm. you know, decompress and start getting back into, like, writing again. Yeah, that, that, makes, that makes perfect sense. Like, I can tell based off the music and just, like, this conversation we're having that you're someone who, like, has that creative streak and that creative drive and like i would imagine that would just be who you are as someone who wants to like who's already brainstorming their next release but i totally get it. like especially with like a tour coming up and stuff like you you know yeah. obviously that's like where the energy needs to be focused and the uh the the beta version of the next release can can wait yeah i really didn't play that many video games growing up i have like um like two or three games that I'm really good at and then the rest of them I just don't really touch like Mario Mario Kart Wii I have like 10,000 hours on that game but I don't really play any other games like that <laughs> you know you know that you know that's kind of funny because um when I was your age I also had like a solid like 3,000 hours in Team Fortress 2 and I remember someone asked me if I was a gamer and I said, no. And then my other friend was like, are you kidding me? You have 3000 hours in team fortress two. And I was like, it's only one game. And they were like, that's 3000 hours of gaming. So that's kind of how I'm reacting to you right now saying that you have about 10,000 hours in Mario Kart. Yeah, no, I've, I've had that game since I was like a little kid. Cause it came out in 2008. I was like five in 2008 <laughs> um, that was another thing oh that's God. another thing i was gonna ask was when did you start making like how old were you when you started making music uh, i started like i think at the very least like one of the earliest memories i have like making music is probably when i was like nine or ten and i had these two apps on my phone called iMachine and madpad <laughs> and they were both like oh. their own little launch pad type apps because I remember seeing Launchpad videos on YouTube, like like M4 Sonic type shit. Um, and I was like, oh my god, this is so awesome. <laughs> um, but I didn't start, like, I think, making my own music in, like, actual, like, uh, like, DAWs 
like garage band or something until I was like maybe 12 or 13. And then I, I didn't start taking super young. True. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really start taking music seriously until I was like 15 or 16. What did that like really early music like sound like for you? It's, it's really funny to look back at it. Um, cause I, I still have some like files on my, my iPod and like old phones and stuff but it, it's very obviously like really bad and like um under undercooked i'd say but there's a there's a lot of like ideas in there that i was like okay you know you know what you were doing to some degree <laughs> i don't know it's just it's funny just hearing you saying like oh you're like 10 11 12 13 14 15 like you know this is like to me is like ext- like this is like lots of people don't start learning instruments until they're 15 and like so now that you've pivoted into like with census designated into like more rock stuff what like artists would you say like in the genre of rock like were most inspirational to you when you were making census designated that's a good question i think i i didn't really have like many inspirations going through making it and then like but then i'd like listen to it listen like listen back to it and then i'd be like oh this <laughs> like when i when i first made fling and i i listened back at it a week later i was like okay this is just like deftones sissy hypnosis you know <laughs> but um <laughs> obviously it's more than that but like um i definitely hear some like boris influence um, some of like the, I think I hear like some, a lot of like harsh noise stuff. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, a Boris and Merzbau collab album that, um, kind of inspired me when making it. I think like, I, I like to, I like a lot of like melodies using, used in pop music. And I think that's the only like pop element of this album maybe is like vocal runs and like vocal melodies and stuff. But I think like a lot of it is just, um, not so much inspiration based, but it's more just like a, a picture I'm trying to paint and the similarities that I find. Gotcha. That's interesting. So would you, I, I guess, you know, it's, it's like outside of like rock musicians then, or maybe it's, maybe it's just like you said, like, it's just kind of painting a picture and there's no specific influences, but were there any like maybe electronic musicians or just like any other artists outside or was it really just kind of focused internally? It was internal. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. What what was like the when you're putting this album together? What was like the what was the what was the place that like you started with? Did you start with lyrics and melodies and then kind of build around that, or did you kind of like start with like noise and like I guess like what was like the starting point when you were putting the album together? I write. Um, I usually write the lyrics first, and then I I have like a, I have like lyrics and a melody in mind, like a little like vocal melody. And then I usually track the guitars and the vocals like at the same time and I build around it. That's interesting. Um, Kayo, you do like the opposite, right? Like you write the guitar first. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it really depends on the, the project. And because I, I always like asking this to artists because I feel like I always get a different answer where... Like I like for me, I I really focused on like getting a, a guitar riff I really really love first, and then it, and then kind of work from outside there. Some people start with chord progressions, some some people start with melodies, some people you know. So I always like to like, and I'm not surprised to hear that like lyrics. I was actually gonna I was actually guessing that you would say lyrics just because I feel like the lyrics are very, um, like passionate yeah. and like theatrical. Um. The best in a way that are. felt yeah, <laughs> true so that's pretty cool uh and then like when it comes to producing this album because I, I know like obviously earlier most of your stuff was focused on like electronic music and kind of more glitchy stuff 
and obviously that definitely comes through in the new record too to an extent but like was was like all the guitar playing like you playing the guitar or did you have like other kind of musicians like chime in to, and help out with the process of putting the album together so when so when i start when i wrote this album it was like me writing like writing all the guitar parts and then i think about like 11 months maybe a year into making the album i worked with um douglas delgarian of they're getting a body of water and he tracked the guitar and like additional guitar and bass like over what i wrote so um also he just like added his like you know doug flair to it but um yeah it was, it was mostly just me like writing all the guitar parts and, the, and like vocals and the structure have you ever played a show with they're getting a body of water i haven't i think <laughs> i'm like imagining that that'd be that'd be crazy but I'd have to I feel like, like they're, yeah. I'd have I don't to do know. Some, I feel like, planning, you know. I feel like they're a very active band, like on the internet and like in the like music scene. That kind of is like somewhat within. Like, I, it it just feels like it's it's music that falls within the same universe as like census designated, like kind of emo shoegaze, um, rock that like people on Discord like sharing with each with each other. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. I do hope to to reach like a, a less online audience, like as well, because like you know, I do, I obviously don't want to be like you know, if you're online, you're not allowed to listen to me. You know, if you use Discord, like stop streaming my music. Like, I, obviously, I'm not trying to be like that, but you know, I do I do kind of want to tap into like an, an older crowd that like doesn't really know what any of that is. Well, I think you, I think you got what it takes. Like, I mean, I think even with just like census designated, like, like kind of what I said in my review, like, it has plenty of like the modern, like modern influences, like the, some of like the noise and production style. But you know, this is like shoegaze and like rock and emo, and like those genres definitely have a big appeal to like people who are you know grew up in the '90s and like like that music and everything. So, um. You know, I'm I'm sure like also going on tour and stuff will help. So that's yeah, I, I definitely I definitely feel like it's it's kind of a mystery to me how like we've got this whole world of like really dope indie music that people who like are quite online know about and are familiar with. And then there's like a then then there's like the majority of the planet who 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 exists off the internet and how to reach them. God knows how, but I think you can do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I if think anyone, even like, even artists today that like sell a ton of vinyl, they still have like somewhat of an online presence. And I feel like for for better or for worse, I think it's like almost necessary. I think for an artist to like have the minimum of like a social media account, even if it's like just run by management and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just because of like modern music listeners today, like young or old, like a lot of them are on social media, but I think, I guess a way to like tap into like the crowd that doesn't use social media is to just like play live shows and like sell vinyl, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. Sophie, when you first, Sophie, by the way, when you first listened to uh, census designated Sophie, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. How would you, I'm curious, how would you describe the music? Oh god, I'm terrible at describing music. Like I feel like I'm, I'll sound like an idiot cuz like you're like Sorry, really I didn't good mean to put this. you in the spot. Oh, I just kind of yeah. curious. Well, no, I, I'm well, asking you because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Oh, cuz I'm like outside of the scene. Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, yeah, because like when I listen to when I listen to it like I can I understand like the influences and you know the context i I understand the influences i think like to an extent it's like i am a fan of like rock and shoegaze and like electronic music so i like get the like the vibes i think i sound like an idiot right now i'm really sorry no no (laughs) that's um, right you got you got it you got it i'm (laughs) sorry is this mansplaining of me to be like let's let the woman let's let the woman co-host to talk about the music <laughs> let's, let's sorry let the meme page the meme admin page talk. Let, yeah. meme, ad, meme page admins shouldn't have any opinion on <laughs> just kidding um uh 
I really, really latched on to the lyrics a lot. And, like, I guess, like, I, that's, like, kind of what I latch on with music in general. I really, really, really liked the lyrics a lot. And I really liked um, the visual, like, the visuals accompanying it, too. Like, the, um, the like, Americana kind of... Fe- I don't know if that's right. Like, um... How do I describe this? Like, like the Almar like work? Being in the middle of, yes, and like the, the vibe, like being out in the middle of nowhere, I really like that aspect of it, I guess. Like, someone who grew up in like a small town in Minnesota, like, <laughs> I really, that like really appeals to me. Like, I, I think that's like, I really love the album art, like a lot. Like, I know I sound stupid, it's like I'm talking about the art and like the lyrics more than the actual music, but I feel like stupid whenever I talk about music so sorry i I don't think that's stupid at all i think a lot of people yeah yeah, that's not that is a valid sorry i'm very intimidated right now no 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 there's nothing to be intimidated about you 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 intimidate you intimidate me sophie i don't know about that i don't know thank you i guess but i was actually gonna ask you about the like the visuals and like how that came to be but if you don't mind talking about that. Totally. Um, I I, I wanted to take it, um, take things not like up a notch, but I wanted to give it more like, um, you know, because like I think census designated, it's a less online like vibe, you know, it's it's more, it's like rather than rather than like the uh like the the imagery for frailty was very just like you know crunchy jpeg videos of like google street view and like home video recordings and like i think census designated is kind of just like a a big open field in like a, a rural town i thought of like um i think where where we shot was like kind of exactly what i pictured in my mind because we were we were in Oregon, and we oh. we shot like all the all the pictures like all the cover art and like uh, shots for the album. They were all they were all like in the high plains of Oregon, which is oh. like there's there's nothing out there, <laughs> and I I absolutely loved it. I love that. Like I love being in places like that a lot. So yeah, I was really like drawn to that. It was a bit scary, wow. like at night, or you know, just oh, like I, bet. I think I think like abandoned houses to a degree are like kind of scary to me, just from like just because yes. like the context behind it. But I mm-hmm. I had like that was part of the vision for the the album, so I, I had to like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to face my fears a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I actually really love that because I never really, I never really thought too much about it. Like it's not like a cohesive thought I had. It was something more like I felt. Where when I looked at the census designated album artwork, it just like felt to me like such a pivot, like visually, away from both how frailty looks and sounds, and like I love how you kind of like described it as being like literally out in the middle of nowhere, which is the furthest thing I can think of from like frailty which sounds to me more like being in your room at like 2 a.m you know like with <laughs> yeah, anxiety fra- frailty thinking, you know like what a, i mean it's like a child childhood bedroom like headphones listen yeah. um wow and like see this is why this is why i asked sophie because sophie's gonna say like so i didn't think of that and sophie that's why i asked you sophie because you're gonna say something i didn't think of <laughs> Thank you. So. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. I find it hard like describing music that's that's not my own too because I think a lot of the music that I listen to, I'm like, this is good. <laughs> you know, that's like- how I'm with music too. Like, I I feel like I don't know. I guess like the internet has made me like really terrified of talking about music. Sometimes, like I really like. I actually, I know I sound like I don't like music. I do really like music, and um, but. Music is so personal, and I mean that in the kind of like a. That's why it scares me. Is like online, like talking about music is like, like stepping on like, stepping in a minefield because, anything you might say could like, really upset someone, without you, you even intending to do that. I guess because I have a lot of 
I don't know. I, I mean, my Arca is in my username, so I do like music. Yeah. Um, but like talking about ma- music and making memes about music is, is such a like minefield of like potentially offending someone or like or receiving um hate from other people where like you your taste in music sucks like music is so personal to people so like if you criticize anything or make like a tongue-in-cheek joke about anything or conversely if you make something praising something like you're just gonna invite like a lot of conflict because it's a tied to people's identities does that make sense so like I, I'm, like, very hesitant. Sometimes I'm scared to talk about music and, like, or, or even, like, it educate myself about, like, maybe the best way to talk about music, I guess. Like, Gakaya, for example, you're very good at talking about music because you, like, kind of spend a lot of time on Rate Your Music and you... you you are like a music critic. You're a musician. That is the too, worst. Like. <laughs> that is the worst way to say I'm going to talk. I hate rate your music, but yes, I do spend I a lot know of time. You, I know. I know you hate. Re, you. I know you hate rate your music, but like you. But I, I am think addicted like, to it. Well, you told me like when you were younger, like because I, I used to talk to you like, how did you get so into music, or like why do you know so much about music? And you said like I spent a lot of time on rate your music. You said like so, that introduced you a lot of subgenres that like influence you to like go listen to a bunch of different kinds of music like it was a like launching pad you know what i mean well it's 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 a good thing i feel like it's better to i think you're just a better <laughs> you're a better person if you don't spend a lot of time on rate your music so yeah, i'm sure uh, that's true i think like yeah. Wait, how, yeah from from my experience i think like i think rate your music is a really good place to find music and not a good place to talk about it that's true. There's, I guess. There's, like a, there's like a few albums I found on Radio Music that I like. Um, like there's this like side trance album that I really like that I found on Radio Music. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's rated really low on Radio Music that I love, which is like, you know. Same here. Same here. And that's that is like that's the thing that's so frustrating about Radio Music is that like a lot of people on the web on that website, if you get into the system enough. Like, you treat it like a video game, where or like like a like you're checking off boxes of oh I've listened to all these high rated albums. That's how I am like, with like movies on Letterbox though. So shout out to people who listen to to um things with low ratings because a lot of that's like really amazing and it makes me mad when I see them. With oh scores. yeah, you should. Yeah, you should do I think that like too. <laughs> I think like not too long ago, like maybe a few months or so, I found like <laughs> I saw what like LMFAO, sorry for party rocking had on radio music. <laughs> and I was like, these people, they don't get it, you know? <laughs> it had like an absurd low rating. And then like I I think when I I looked at like the all time charts or whatever and I had only listened to like maybe four albums in the top like fifty or something. And it's like, you know, I don't I don't have to, but you know, for some reason, it's like these are the these are the albums you have to listen to. Good for you for not falling into the rate your music system, but still being able to release music that's very good and that people on rate your music like, anyways. So good for yeah, you. That's I mean, all I was gonna say. I'm not like a I'm not like a rate your music user, but I do like I do look for for some cool stuff to listen to every now and then. That's that's that is the healthy way to use it, and I guess I'm curious though. Like, given that you got really into music so young and were producing it, where then did you, like, what sources did you use to find new music? I, so I grew up listening to the radio mostly, and I think like when I saw a few music videos on TV, like I remember seeing the the Wild for the Night music video, like from Skrillex and ASAP Rocky on tv (laughs) and like a fond memory i think is like when when i was really little and like watching disney channel and they would play like selena gomez music videos and shit yes i still listen to round and round like all the time (laughs) love you like a love song yes i love that music video it's like i'll never forget it (laughs) Literally, it's like it's a it's that makes it sense. shaped me into who I am today. Watching watching the Disney girls 
on TV. No, it's the Disney. No, it's finally something I understand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they lives were changed. Lives were changed. Literally, mine um, included. Like, yeah, same. I'm like Loki. I never used to. I don't know. I was more of a Disney Channel fan than I was, like, of Disney, like, movies or, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as, like, a little girl, I was, like, really into, like, the princesses. But, that, like, I think every, like, a lot of people when they're young are. But then, like, as, like, a tween, definitely Disney Channel. I was actually, I was I was more of, like, a Cartoon Network Nick kid, if I'm going to be honest there. But I still really enjoyed, like, Disney Channel. And then, like, as an adult, like like, when I was, like, or maybe like when I was like a older teenager, I was like, I don't Disney adults are cringe. I hate Disney adults, and now I'm kind of a Disney adult. Cause not really, but like I, cause Kaya and I watch like a lot of Disney movies on Discord now, cause like we're not always like in Sophie, the same that's a area. Secret. That's okay. A secret. okay. Not okay, just kidding. Sorry. I don't care. Yeah, we yes. watch a lot of shit on Discord. Yeah, we, we're we're and... we're big on Luca. We love Encanto. Uh, all right so that that makes good sense i definitely jane remover i can definitely see like i can visualize that very well with like you listening to the radio and like watching these music videos but how did you get into the more like digicore kind of eclectic obscure kind of genres like how did that kind of fall into place i think that came through like making friends online and like just like twitter mutuals and like you know having it kind of not not like in your face but it's like it's around it was around me you know it was it was what like my my friends and i we were like you know this is what all of our like online friends made and listened to and we were like oh this is cool um the reason why i don't really think it's like not really not not that it's not worth mentioning, but it's like, it's not as important because I think it's like, the word digicore is like the same way, it's used the same way like as the word hyperpop is, where it's like, these were like the names of playlists mm -hmm. and they were like turned into, John, like, I guess genres, I don't, I don't think either are really like genres, but that's like another discussion in, the, in, in itself. But oh, I am so relieved to hear you say that because as a music critic, I feel like it's my job to understand every genre and I really don't understand exactly what the hell these genres are anyways. So yeah, <laughs> if you're someone, so I'm glad to hear you say that because I've always felt that way, but I don't, I don't want to like say that and embarrass myself too much. No. Yeah. I, I don't think they're genres. I just think they're the name of, they're the names of playlists that got a lot of like journalism buzz in the year 2021 and then yeah yeah now we are here in 2023 <laughs> that's pretty dope i mean yeah i get i get it like I, I i as someone who's very much like on the uh in the twitter sphere you know like i i kind of feel like sometimes like i watch like these these like 14 15 16 year olds on twitter like just goofing off and then like simultaneously making like really fun weird music together and it's very strange to see it like it it, it did for you know it, it it has to an extent like somehow transformed into something even bigger than that but i think that's really the best way to listen to those genres is to understand it in that way as like just kind of kids having fun on the internet um so i think it's like super cool to like to hear your journey how your discography has evolved over time and it's definitely got me excited to to see where it goes because I I think um I think I just I just like I I feel like I from a conversation we've had and just the the disco your discography I, I think you have a very interesting creative approach with a lot of um like you've already accomplished a lot and I think you're gonna keep 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 releasing some good stuff is all I'm trying to say. All right, so do you have um because we're about we're about at time now so we can probably wrap this up. But Sophie, is there any last questions that you have that you want to ask Jane Remover? Yeah, I do. I it's not really about music. It's more about memes. Like just because I like memes and like that's kind of my thing. <laughs> and I just was. I know you follow me on on Instagram, and I'm I'm wondering like, what do you like about memes? Like, what are your favorite memes? And like, do memes influence you at all? Like in your art? I I don't think memes 
influence my art. <laughs> um, but that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I have a love hate relationship with memes. I I like when I like when they're really like abstract and there's no really like I hate when like memes like put people down and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I hate when like memes are like targeting one like one specific person and like mm-hmm. or like a group of people. Like I think those suck. I do love a lot of like music memes, hence like why I follow your page because you post a lot about music. And also like Arca is like my top artist right now. <laughs> oh yes, love Arca. Like yeah, I think she, she was my top artist last year. I think she might be like my top artist this year too. Arca has like a really like robust like meme community around her. Oh yeah, she like, like she like posts memes sometimes too. She does, and like her Discord, like I don't know how it is right now, but I used to be really active in like their like her Discord, and like there's this like one server in there called like Feral Entropy, and it was just like a bunch of her stands, and like Arca stands are really like crazy. They're funny. They're really funny, but they're like crazy in a good way. Anyway, like they were churning out memes like at, at like insane rates <laughs> like and i know she engages with them too like she she creates a lot of like memeable moments that really honestly don't like play into her music at all she just like so, like happens to be like really like the things she says like outside of her music are like very funny and like her fans are just like despite like the music itself are just like very crazy I don't know. Like, I, I find, our, like, some of Arca's music is very, like, especially our early music is, like, very serious. Or to me, it feels very serious. And, like, um, I don't know how, like, I would make a meme about that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see the memes from that. But maybe her newer music gets a little more, like, um, accessible or, or um, more dance, more, like, you know what I mean? Like... I think, I think, like, the memes make a little, they're a little easier to make about her music now, but I don't even think the memes relate to her music as much as they relate to, like, her as a person. Yeah, totally. I don't know, I think when, when it comes to, like, if, if a fan base is making memes about the music more than they are about, like, the artist, I think there's, like, a little bit of imbalance there. Or, or when, like, a fan base makes memes and a lot of it is just like putting down um the artist i think when because yeah i i like see a lot twitter yeah or like i see a lot on twitter like um people who are fan, fans of like ken carson and like destroy lonely and like that that whole crowd um i'm not too familiar with them but like i i see like people saying like oh ken carson looks like this or like oh destroy lonely looks funny or it's like you know or like people will like say harassing things about them and it's like i don't know i would i would like be very upset if i had a fan base like that you know yeah no i know those memes aren't really funny at all (laughs) yeah good question sophie yeah. Thank you. Um, I know we always got to talk about we always got to always got to pepper our, our our conversations with a little bit of meme convos because it's uh it's near and dear to Sophie's heart. So yeah. Um. All right. So it looks like we're at time now. But is there before we wrap up? Is there any last things, Jane, that you want to mention that you didn't get a chance to mention? Any things you want to plug? Anything like that? Now's the time. If you have anything else you want to say. If I had something to plug, I think I would say my album, Census Designated, is out now, everywhere, and um, I am going on tour, and it's a co-headline tour with Quantic, who is one of my best friends. Yay! 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 I know, I'm excited for the tour, because I'm definitely, like I said, I'm going to come to the Brooklyn show, so. Yeah, so absolutely, I'm going to reiterate for everybody, because... It's it's the real deal. Census designated one of my very favorite albums of the year. So super cool and very excited. We had a chance to talk to you, Jane Remover, because your music yes. is dope and thank you, you are dope. So, so thank you really so much. Really appreciate the conversation. Yeah, thank you for having yeah. me. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely.
This has been another episode of Base News Network. Base News Network. Bye-bye. Bye.